The Start On Demand. demand. No mask, no beer. We speak to the Quality Beer Store on Pemina after on day one of Restricted Level Orange in the Winnipeg metro region, they dealt with a number of angry customers who refused to wear masks. Today we also talked about the pandemic-related uncertainty as we inch towards winter after the Royal Winnipeg Ballet made the tough decision to cancel Nutcracker. What else is going to change? And in light of tonight's first presidential debate between Donald Trump and Joe Biden, we talked about our favorite throwdowns, our favorite showdowns, whether it's from real life or from TV or movies. What's your favorite showdown? I'm Brett McGarry, alongside Greg Mackling and Loren McNabb. We are Mackling, McGarry, and McNabb. And this is the Tuesday, September 29th podcast for The Start. Down, a showdown. Hell no, I can't slow down. It's gonna go. First offense. All the mix. Okay, party people in the house. Maestro, Fresh West. One of the greatest rap songs ever. Not just Canadian rap songs, but yeah, this was a huge song. Love that intro. Let your backbone slide, Greg. Terrific song. Even for a rock and roll guy like me, I love this song. So why did you select this song? Well, okay, so tonight is the first presidential debate between incumbent President Donald Trump and the Democratic nominee, Joe Biden. Up to 100 million people, depending on which estimates you look at, could be watching this on television tonight. And, you know, we're going to delve into this at 9 o'clock, but it just set the stage, we thought, for an excuse to talk about the very best showdowns, throwdowns, hell no, I won't slow downs, in television or movie history. All right, so let's go around the horn here. We've got Jeff Fortier, Kelly Moore, Jeff Braun. Jeff Braun, co-host of the Couch Potatoes. Why don't we start with you, buddy? Oh, yeah. My favorite one uh, comes from a movie from 1992 starring Clint Eastwood and Gene Hackman. It's their final showdown in Unforgiven. I don't deserve this. To die like this. I was building a house. Deserves got nothing to do with it. I'll see you in hell while you money. Yeah. Boom. <laughs> didn't sound like it ended well. <laughs> Not for Gene Hackman, it didn't actually. That movie doesn't really end well for anybody. But yeah, that's just a uh, that's just a cold blooded. Uh, Barroom showdown at the end, and it's it's a, a heck of an ending. I love it every time. Well, and that's too. So it's like Hollywood royalty right there, Clint Eastwood and Gene Hackman. So just the goosebumps listening to those two guys go at it. The power on screen, that's uh, magnetic. What about you, Kelly Moore? Well, I'm not a political analyst like uh, the three of you from the start uh, or your buddy Reggie from Washington, but I do remember this. Uh, from 1988. I have far more experience than many others that sought the office of vice president of this country. I have as much experience in the Congress as Jack Kennedy did when he sought the presidency. Senator Benson. Senator, I served with Jack Kennedy. I knew Jack Kennedy. Jack Kennedy was a friend of mine. 
Senator, you're no Jack Kennedy. I hope we get a line like that tonight. Oh, that, wow. That's good memory. Well done, I would rather get. I'd rather get shot by Clint Eastwood than have someone say that to me. <laughs> exactly. Oh, and all the people who are in their homes nodding away like, you know, he's making a good point here. Yeah, that's a good yeah. poll, Kelly. Well yeah, done. I was the Democratic uh, vice president candidate, uh, Lloyd Benson. And did you recognize the name or the voice of the other candidate there? I think it, it was Quayle? Dan Quayle. Dan Quayle. Mr. Yeah, Potato exactly. Head himself. You got it. <laughs> You're missing a letter there. Uh, no, 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 we're not. <laughs> and, and and Kelly brings up a good point, too, by pulling that clip. So when you text us at 204-780-6868, because we have a pizza on the line, of course, Santa Lucia pizza on your favorite throwdowns. It doesn't have to be fiction. It can be something in real life. Even if you just have a story of something that happened uh, on your own, like um, a buddy of mine likes to remind me that, and this was just a burn. It wasn't really a throwdown, but I guess it was kind of a smackdown. And I, this goes back to, has to be when I was around 20 years old. I think we were just coming out of Wise Guys, a bar formerly at, uh, what is it, Bannatyne and Rory, Greg? And uh, Yes. And uh, I was just opening a pack of cigarettes. There's 25 smokes in a, in a full pack of cigarettes. And this guy comes up and says, hey, you got an extra smoke? And uh, apparently I said, did they start putting 26 in a pack? <gasps> and he says, no. And I said, then no, I don't have an extra smoke. <laughs> <laughs> I don't remember doing this because we just come out of the bar. <laughs> so I had had a good night. But that's a that's actually a pretty good burn. I wish there was video of that. <laughs> it's well done, Brad. So if you got a story you want to share, 204-780-6868. Or just, you know, if you've got something from movies like Loren, what have you got? Well, I wish it was something intelligent like Kelly's because I was actually thinking this week about when, when the death of John Turner, when John Turner, our former Canadian Prime Minister, died. I was like, that's actually the first debate I ever remember watching way back in the 80s. But I, I instead went from high intelligence to a low-level Barbara. Don't turn your back on me. Let's get one thing straight. This is Shooter's tour. I've worked hard my whole life, paid my dues, and now it's Shooter's turn. And Shooter's not about to let his reign at the top be spoiled by some freak. Sideshow clown. Did you just call me a freak? I was on this tour for one reason, money. But now I got a new reason, kicking your ass. Well, <laughs> I'd like to see you try. Let's do it. I'm on a golf course. Hey, hey, what is going on here, huh? Oh, I was just um, looking for the other half of this bottle. And, uh, oh, there's some of it. right. There's, a, there's some right there, too. <laughs> Why don't you just put it down? Yeah, I know. Just stay out of my way. Or you'll pay. Listen to what I say. How about I just go eat some hay? I can make things out of clay and lay by the bay. I just may. What do you say? I see. That's from uh, Happy Gilmore. And I just love that scene because of how he says, I want to kick your butt. And then smashes a beer bottle and gets ready to slash his throat. Like it really escalates quickly. And then, of course, ends with, I can lay by the bay, make things out of clay. What do you say? So good. But is is it possible that that's only the second best confrontation scene in that particular movie. Yeah, well, no, here, there's, here, here's, there's more. Here's, here's mine. We haven't seen Happy Gilmore play this badly <laughs> since his first day on tour. He and Bob Barker are now dead last. I can't believe you're a professional golfer. I think you should be working at the snack bar. <laughs> relax, Bob. There is no way that you could have been as bad at hockey as you are at golf. All right, let's go. You like that, old man? You want a piece of me? <laughs> I don't want a piece of you. I want the whole thing. <laughs> <laughs> and then Bob, of course, uh, 
pulverizes yes, as he gets the best of Happy Gilmore. <laughs> oh, that is great. I love that both two of you had Happy Gilmore <laughs> for best movie throwdowns oh, or TV boy. showdowns. You know, we know there are going to be some people who aren't happy about wearing masks. There might be some who have health issues, so that, of course, is going to make it difficult. We get that. Greg, yesterday you referenced uh, maybe some people uh, can't wear one because of anxiety. That's mm-hmm. not something I would have thought of, but makes complete sense. Uh, but we also know there are people who just don't want to wear them, and that's making things difficult for others. Here's the tweet that's led us to our next interview. It comes from the Quality Beer Store, which is just on Pembina, south of Grant. Here's what it said. So far today, we've been yelled at called names and had to refuse service to multiple people for refusal to wear masks. Wear a mask when entering our store and returning empties or we will refuse to serve you, period. The manager of that store is Chris Hebert and he joins us now. Good morning, Chris. Good morning. First of all, I'm I'm sorry to hear that this is the kind of experience you've been having. I'm frustrated to read it and maybe maybe even a little surprised because I thought these types of incidents might be few and far between. But you tweeted that it's been multiple people refusing to wear the mask. Do you have any sense of just how many had that kind of attitude? Well, we had quite a few in the morning. Um, As the day went on, most people were very understanding and they either ran out to their vehicle, they pulled it from their pockets and put it on right away. Um, we're just trying to make a safer work environment for our staff and for our customers to feel safe when they walk into the store. And, yeah, most people, they, they were pretty good about it. Some people were, I think there was just the understanding that they didn't know what was going on or they didn't understand the mandate that came down. And I know it's not on us to enforce 100% the mandate, but we just want to make sure there's no altercations in the store amongst other customers. We just want to make everybody feel very safe. So what were people saying to you when you told them they would not be served if they didn't have a mask? Uh, right away, their attitudes changed. Some started getting a little confrontational with us. And then we said, you know what, uh, it'd be better if you just left the store. And uh, some did. And some right away changed their tune. And a lot of the masks were actually being worn on their neck. And the, the biggest excuse was, it fogged their glasses. And if my safety is not worth your glasses getting fogged, then I think you should shop somewhere else. That's an interesting and uh, powerful stand to take, not only for your own safety, Chris, but I, I suspect your frontline workers, the individuals who, who are there dealing with uh, your customers. And Brett, I think, made a, a terrific point earlier this morning when we were mentioning that we were bringing you on. In terms of interactions and retail interactions and transactions, this could go down uh, purchasing beer as one of the shorter interactions you will ever have with a clerk. Absolutely. Most people, our interactions are probably 30 seconds or less. It, it's just the time it takes for the debit terminal or us to scan all the products, and you're out the door. Not to mention the amount of time you're in the store. It's got to be very quick. It's Most people are very quick, unless they're really shopping for a good selection, which we have. Um, they're in the store maybe a few minutes. But most people that were arguing with us, they're in the store for seconds, and there was no reason not to wear a mask. Uh, when you hear, Chris, that 
And we're talking to Chris Hebert, who's the manager of the Quality Beer Store, who had a couple confrontations or at least exchanges of words, it sounds like, Chris, yesterday with people refusing to wear masks. What, What is your advice to your staff as well? Because you mentioned, like, at the end of the day, it's about the safety and the mandate, but you also have your staff that you want to consider, and they don't need to be putting up with this in, in, in their day. It's, you know, it's, it's, it's a beer purchase. It's nothing more simple than that. And it, it's crazy to think people are getting angry about that. Well, it, we've, we've instructed the staff to be very polite and understanding. People are confused out there about what's going on. And, you know, we try to educate the, the, the customer walking in, just, just being polite and friendly and just reminding them that they can put their mask on, please. And uh, most people do. And then the ones that don't, something's going on in their life and they feel that they have to lash out at us and we get that and we understand and we've all had bad days but uh we just asked the staff to just politely refuse to serve them and most people they turn around right away and they understand that they want their beer and they're going to do what we tell them to do you've got a drive through there too right we do. Unfortunately, now it is down because we've had some uh, technical errors or problems on the system. So we've we've closed it for now, as well as we've had a lot of uh, drinking and driving problems with the drive-through. Oh. So we we found right now it's just it's just better to keep it closed and keep the staff focused on the front of the store and uh, keep the interactions because we've also pony or we've also got together with the bottle drive delivery service. So we have an online portal that you can go to. You can select your beer. You can have it delivered right to your door, and there's very little to no interaction with anybody. With all the different options people have, Chris, there's really no excuse to uh, to not do what's being asked of you. It's plain and simple manners, is it not? I mean, it is for me. Well, we think it's pretty simple. It's just uh, everybody's got to understand that we are in this together. We are going through the same thing, and lashing out at other people because your frustration is not a way to go about this. Just do as you're told. We're all trying to figure this out as we go. There's quite a bit of information online for us to follow, but some of it is open to interpretation, and each store is a little different. There are signs telling you what to do. So if people just understand and go with the flow, your day goes a lot better, and so does ours. Well, hopefully today goes better than yesterday in terms of uh, customers upset having to wear masks. Chris, thank you very much for joining us. We appreciate the time. Thank you very much. Have a good day. Chris Hebert is the manager of the Quality Beer Store on Pemina Highway, just south of Grant. And he's right. They have a great selection there. Um, So if you do want to do some browsing and you want some craft beer, it's a great place to go. But indeed, most people know exactly what they want when they go to the beer store. It's like, I need a case of... X beer, mm-hmm. you walk in, you grab it, you pay, and you walk out. It doesn't hurt to wear a mask. I forgot to mention the uh, the sh- throwdown showdown that I like mm-hmm. from movies and film, and I had a kind of a tough time with this one because I wasn't sure do I want to go with some sort of a, like a monologue or a speech or an argument. I, I thought of the, the rap battle with uh, Eminem and 8 Mile. Yes. We had a couple of people Good text one. us about that. But I just kind of went with an emotional reaction. My favorite fight in cinematic history, regardless of how unrealistic it is, is this. He's got- In. Ah, goosebumps. 
I think Rocky hears it too and inspires him. Yeah. Oh my God. It's a gutter war. It's a gutter war. No holds barred in Moscow. No holds barred in Moscow. This is shaping up to be a personal war, and right now, it's anybody's boxing match. Rocky IV, so that the Italian stallion Rocky Balboa versus Ivan Drago. I love it. How old is he at that point? Well, it was in 1986. So they already had four Rocky IV by oh, 86. Yeah. There was a Rocky oh, Marathon on TV this week, and so I went down the rabbit hole of this past weekend of looking up the different dates for the Rockies and then watched far too many of them. Like, TV was just kind of on in the background. He's like, oh, yeah, great speech or great, like, great, great scene. So have you seen the you know Creed what? movies? Oh, yeah. Those are good movies. I enjoy. I got to be honest. There's pretty much all of it. There's points in all of it that are cheesy, like in, in all, you know, whether it's the Rockies or the, the Creeds, but they're all good. Yeah. How many Creed movies are there now? Two or three? Two. Two. Two, okay, I'm writing those down as something to investigate. And one thing I feared with Creed, too, is that it was going to be stupid because he, he took on Drago's son. Right. And I thought, oh, this is going to be so cheeseball. But it was actually really touching and very well done. Like, they took it seriously, and I think they honored the legacy of Rocky Four, which is a, a horrendously cheesy movie. And, Lorraine, you talk about montages. Rocky Four is oh, yeah. 33% of that movie is montage. <laughs> is that, because that's the one, is that in Russia, right? Where yeah. there's like the the muscle, like, or sorry, the cl- climbing the snow mountain yeah. with the big buckets on his back. And yeah. he's doing, he's doing his sit-ups. So many montages. Mayor Brian Bowman joining us live on the start. Mr. Mayor, good morning to you, sir. Good morning. Thanks for putting a smile on my face to start the interview. <laughs> hey, it's I think his we, favorite I, part. I think we can yeah, get to the I'm end and, and, and hope for some smiles, but we'll see. Yeah, uh, exactly. No. It, Good morning, you guys. Hope you guys are doing well. We're doing pretty well, and we hope you are yeah. too, Mr. Mayor. Lots going on, yeah, of course, you. in our city with so many things. Um, and we just want to start off with the, with the idea of us now being under a code orange, because it was about a week ago that you said you had hoped the province would mandate masks in Winnipeg. Then, of course, a few days later, we had the announcement that this code orange was going to come into effect this week, started yesterday. Were you surprised or caught off guard by that announcement Friday? And did it take a bit of time for the city to catch up with how these restrictions would work? Well, no, I mean, I was asked the question in Scrum um, on, I think, Wednesday or Tuesday of last week if, if I would uh, support a, a province-wide uh, mandatory mask requirement, and I, and I said, yeah, I, I still think that would be prudent, but uh, definitely, I think the, the province took the step in the right direction on, on Friday with the announcement that masks would be mandatory in, in all indoor spaces in Winnipeg and the surrounding metropolitan area. So. I think it's one additional measure that we can do to keep our community safe and, and one that we're working really hard to support Manitoba Health uh, guidelines. Mayor Bowman, we're talking about the best showdowns and throwdowns in uh, television and movie history. Is there a showdown, throwdown going on between you and former Mayor Sam Cates with this Gold Eyes lease agreement? There are some people who are suggesting that this is at the heart of a lack of, a, of an agreement. There's a grudge still between yourself and the former mayor. Is this going to get done? No, I mean, look, I uh, I renamed a street after the Gold Eyes. I'm I'm a Gold Eyes fan, but we also are fans of taxpayers, and we have a job to do to uh, to make sure that we're doing our due diligence in getting information that we need in order to make an informed decision about uh, millions of dollars of subsidy for a professional sports team. And so, 
Uh, we're doing that due diligence. Uh, we had requested information. Um, we were told that information would be forthcoming from the from the club by the end of August. That that information I've been advised uh, wasn't forthcoming, and uh, there has been some information. So public services is going through it right now, and we'll advise council, and then we'll make a decision in an open and transparent way. So nothing happening tomorrow. There's no proposed deal to vote on tomorrow. No, um, the, what we've voted on at committee was a 30-day extension because the information came in later than was promised uh, by the Gold Eyes, and so the public service needs time to review it and then advise council through a, an administrative report that would be made public. And so we're expecting that that would come, come back before the next council meeting, and then hopefully we can, we can vote on it uh, for everyone's benefit. All right, a new group is calling for an end of the school resource officer program, have you decided how are you going to vote on that? Well, yeah, we're we're being asked to to vote on the contract. Of course, the operations of the police service are uh, that of the Winnipeg Police Service to make. But uh, let's keep in mind the you know the program was requested by school divisions. It's administered by school divisions and supported by school divisions. Um, I support it. I think the police officers uh, do good work in the community, and they do good work. Uh, in the schools in, in terms of everything from helping kids connect with addictions and gang prevention services and helping find support for students struggling with, with suicide and really even to help uh, locate missing children. They, they do good work, and so um, I, I plan to support it. Is there room for a conversation or change here with this program, Mr. Mayor? We know there are groups calling for all sorts of different ways that we both fund and run our police service and, and, and ways to improve it, given everything we've seen over the past few months uh, when it comes to you know rallies, protests, and allegations of, of racism within different police forces. Is there room for change or, or, or something to make this program be more palatable to those who are struggling with it? I think the short answer is yes. There's always room for dialogue in our community. I think it's important to keep in mind, though, that the dialogue at City Council does not relate to the operations of the Winnipeg Police Service. Uh, provincial law, the Winnipeg Police Services Act, is uh, is one that restricts our ability to direct operations. But definitely there's there's always room for dialogue with the school divisions who have requested the program, the Winnipeg Police Service, and the Winnipeg uh, Police Services Board. Um, and so... Uh, that dialogue uh, can and, and should be occurring always with, with programs that affect our community. Mayor Bowman, I know you don't listen to the show every day. Uh, you might not talk to me if uh, you listened every day because I've been a little bit hard on you with regards to leadership. And one place where where I think a lot of people were hoping for your leadership had to do with the flashing signs in the school zones. You know the story, don't have to tell you, but for those that don't know, Chuck Lewis offered to donate these signs four years ago, rescinded his offer before, essentially before city council could vote on it and then vote on, voted on it anyway. How did it get to this point and is there anything you can do to to save this uh, incredible gesture from from a concerned citizen sure well um i have heard some of your comments and and look that's uh when you're in public life uh, folks are going to agree or disagree with things whether they're informed or not and uh, what i will say is um when this idea of uh, this gift was first pitched by councillor klein we were told it would be at no cost to taxpayers and there would be no conditions. We've since learned through the committee process that it will cost taxpayers $1.4 million. And uh, this individual, this businessman, is now saying through the media that he does want to have a say in where they're positioned and wants to get into the, the operations of public works. That being said, um, it came through the committee. Uh, the first time I had a chance to vote on it was last week. 
it didn't take me very long to uh, to vote to accept the gift, notwithstanding the the issues that uh, have been raised by our public service. And uh, it'll be going forward to council uh, tomorrow. Uh, our chair of public works has reached out uh, to uh, to have some dialogue with this this uh, this company, and uh, we'll we'll go from there. But I think it does raise an issue. We inherited from the previous administration a process where gifts and the acceptance of gifts is voted on by one of our committees, and um, that that's part of the the issue. You know, as we know, it came forward to uh, committee I, I chair, executive policy committee. Uh, with no recommendation. And um, I think there's obviously some improvements that could be made to the process to get it to a vote sooner. Yeah, is there is it possible that just because of what's been going on at City Hall prior to your arrival there, Mr. Mayor, you know, with concerns about accountability and transparency, that we're kind of getting caught up in so many rules now, trying to be so um, open that things take far too long to get here? Because it's been several months that we knew that there might be some added costs to this. And so a phone call to Chuck Lewis would have cleared this up a lot quicker than three, four, five committee meetings and a lot of paperwork moving back and forth. Well, the committees do make decisions based on publicly available information, not private backroom chats. And so there is a process where we have to take things through the committee process. It's very different than other levels of government where decisions can be made in, in a way that's less transparent um, but we have a committee process, and so um, what I can say is uh, the first time I've had a chance to vote on this, uh, I've been unwavering in the vote to support the acceptance of the gift. Um, I think it's a generous offer, and I'd like to see it uh, accepted. Mayor Brian Bowman joining us live on 680 CJOB. Mr. Mayor, you're now off the hook. No, let's keep talking. <laughs> we got to go. <laughs> i got questions for you, though. Have a great day, guys. Take okay. care. Stay safe. All okay. right. So we're having a fun chat about throwdowns, showdowns, your favorite showdowns of all time. And Greg found a good one from Liar Liar. This is a throwdown, a showdown. Oh, that is not it. Hang on. That's the music. Also enjoyable. Well, yeah, you know what? While I'm looking for the clip, (laughs) I'll just play that. Where did that go? Where did that go? Because I think you had to, uh, okay. you had to fix it up a little bit, didn't you? I think so. Yeah. Here we go. This is it. Oh yes, yes. Nice to see you again, Fletcher. And by the way, I'll be observing you in court this afternoon. I've been hearing some good things about you. <laughs> well, Fletcher has just been telling me how much he thinks of you. Well, why don't you tell Mr. Allen? Well, what do you think of him? He's a pedantic, pontificating, pretentious. A belligerent old fart, a worthless steaming pile of cow dung. Okay, just wait for it. Figuratively speaking. <laughs> okay. Here comes the fallout. <laughs> That's the funniest damn thing I've ever heard. You're a real card, Reed. I love a good roast. <laughs> Simmons! Simmons is old! He should have been out of the game years ago, but he can't stay home because he hates his wife! And then he goes around the whole room and roasts everyone when really all he's being is truthful. So, uh, speaking of Jim Carrey joining SNL, there he is in Liar Liar. If you ever need a good laugh, just seek out that movie because it is hilarious. It stands the test of time. Uh, That's my take. 
Would you back me up on that, Coach Potato Brett McGarry? My liar? Yes. Oh, yeah. Okay, great. fantastic. Well, because it's so awkward, right? Because he he just spits out everything that he thinks. So all the things that we think to ourselves, he has no choice but to, right. to mention them. In particular, there's a scene in an elevator, uh, which is just a horror. It's so horrifying yeah. and so bad. It is. Um, but it was, it, you know, it played, I seem to, it's been 10 years since I've seen that movie, but I seem to remember the scene being quite hilarious. So, and it involved uh, a Days of Our Lives star. Yeah, uh, I think she played Billy Reed for a little uh, little while on yes. Days of Our Lives. That's right. So is it, that wasn't Lisa Rena though. It was the other Billy Reed. Yeah. Yes. I she think. filled in between times at Lisa Rena. It was oh. Days of Our uh, Never mind. I don't know why I know that. <laughs> why do you know? You just I don't, don't this know. Is this is I something. don't know. Hey, I have to read this list really quick from uh, Paul Quay on Twitter. He really uh, went to town on this one. Just off the top of his head, Kirk versus Khan, Star Trek. Walter versus Gus, Breaking Bad. Rick versus Negan, uh, TWD, Walking The Dead. Walking Dead, right? Yeah. Jim versus Dwight, The Office. Peter versus the Chicken, Family Guy. Bobby versus Chuck and Billions. Terminator versus Liquid Terminator and <laughs> T2. And the best one on the list, Kit versus Car. Night Rider. And then he says, and I'm sure I'm forgetting a bunch. That's a pretty <laughs> solid list, Paul. Those are some long-standing, great, uh, full-blown throwdown showdowns. I think for out of for me, out of that list, uh, Loren, my favorite would be Jim versus Dwight. Yep, that's a good one. I just watched a scene the other day where Jim made Dwight fight himself because he said Dwight was doing a karate demonstration that he does once a year for the office. And Jim said, I think we all know that the only opponent that could defeat you is you and so he created he had dwight punching himself and then kicking himself in the instep and punching his own groin and oh and then jim goes this is getting really embarrassing for you and dwight's like i know but wait for this and he gets himself back it's great yeah that's a classic that's a classic throw down those two just even with just the pranks that they play oh yeah the best is when dwight's office ends up in the bathroom that is uh you know, Jim is Jim's brilliant. Yeah, the pranks on that and the the ongoing throwdowns between the two of them uh, provided endless amusement on that show. So keep your text coming two zero four seven eight zero sixty eight sixty eight for your chance to win Santa Lucia pizza, your favorite throwdowns of all time. Don't have to be fictitious; could be something from real life. Kelly played a clip uh, from politics. You're no Jack Kennedy, and uh, that surprised me that he went into the the deep into the political well for that. Dan Quayle versus Tom Benson back in nine. 19- 1988. So you have to have a steel trap memory to remember that. It's one thing to remember it when it's played for you. It's another to remember it and go, oh, yes, I'm going to go seek this out. So well done, Kelly Moore. And a lot of things uh, I think that people are forgetting these days, Loren, especially, and you could, I think, yesterday in particular, you could certainly give a few people a pass for getting to wear their mask as they became mandatory yesterday for the first time in our region. Well, you know, it's all about strategy that we've all come up with is you go shopping. There's been always a growing number of stores that have required them, right? And so you keep some in your purse. You might have some in your glove box. You might some have some in your back pocket, but you're trying to keep them clean. So there's all sorts of different strategies for that. And so we had heard from a beer store after 7 o'clock, the quality beer store, just about the fact that some people were coming in and were mad about having to put them on. And what was interesting to me in his comments was that sometimes the people had it around their neck or in their hand or in their pocket – but didn't put it on, which is different than just forgetting it in your car 
or just saying like, I'm going to have it on me, but I'll try to get away with this. I'm not really sure what the strategy is there. And then there was the people who just were outright refusing. So I would love to know what people's experiences were yesterday, particularly if you work in retail, because I know there are people who might struggle to wear it because of medical reasons. But if you're anyone who's yelling at somebody in a store for any reason, you know, most of these people are making minimum wage. And I really don't care how much you're making. You don't need to be yelled at or sworn at because you don't like the mask policy. Yeah. If you don't like the mandate, then don't go shopping. Don't go out. You know, otherwise you are you are blatantly flying in the face of the mandate. And you should expect uh, potentially to get some pushback. And if it's not from other shoppers, that's fine. I think we all agree that probably not the best idea for uh, you and I to get involved. But when a retailer, a manager, an owner decides to stand up for their employees, or if that person taking your money, concluding the transaction happens to be an owner or a manager, don't be surprised if you, you get some pushback because uh, for every person that doesn't like this mandate, there are seven or eight people who are strongly in favour of it. Yeah, and yesterday we posted on our 680 CJOB Instagram, which, by the way, we would love for you to follow us there. We're um, slowly marching towards 7,000 followers, so if you can follow us there, that'd be great. But we put posted just a, a wonderfully adorable picture of Elvis the dog. Shirley sent us a picture of Elvis and Elvis is wearing a face mask, a surgical mask, and it's cute. And I guess it's just meant to be a cute little thing for 2020. And uh, some of the comments surprised me. We had uh, one comment saying, crazy sheep, you all are. Mm -hmm. And another person saying, animal abuse. Uh, so there, there clearly is still a large, well, I don't want to say large, but there is a, a very angry segment of the population who don't want to wear masks. They say that the, ma the whole mask thing is, is garbage. It's a conspiracy that uh, when somebody said the, the left wants a socialist society and the mask is a test, like uh, some of the things that you hear these days in, in protest of wearing a mask. It's not like you're being told to wear a hazmat suit <laughs> or, or put on uh, a bomb suit like from the Hurt Locker where please put on this 100-pound uh, Kevlar suit. You're being asked to wear a mask over your face. Yeah, ounce of prevention, pound of cure, and if, and if, two months, two years, two decades from now, we find out that the masks really didn't do anything, does it, at the end of the day, how has it affected you? to do what we believe is the best thing that you can do right now, to try and take some control over a situation that is essentially out of control. There are only so many things that we can do to keep ourselves and, and each other safe. This is one thing that you can do based on what we know right now. And if you're sending your kid to school and they're wear, required to wear one and they're doing it all day, because of a mandate, then I think that there's an example to be set whether you like it or not. How many masks uh, do, you, do you send your kids to school with every day, Loren? Well, they started with five each. And by day three, there was zero each in those backpacks. <laughs> so, um, yeah, that lost and found is going to be pretty disgusting this year. But they, they have several, like two or three for sure, just because I get it. They might get dropped or dirty or get lost. I mean, I... I I also have several and am down to far lower, lower than I started off with. They're like socks. They've gone the way of the socks and my pens. 
Yeah, I find, and depending on, because I think I have six masks now, and I have a couple that are a bit sturdier or feel a bit more robust, and I have a couple that are, are quite slim, and you can tell even after just a couple of hours of, like, I'll put it on to go into the hall or to go to the kitchen to get some water here, and then I'll take it off when I come back to the studio. But even by the end of our show, it feels like it already needs to go mm-hmm. in the wash, right? So For sure it does. If yep. you're wearing it all day, you probably need to have two, three, maybe even four in rotation just to get you through the day. McGarry and McNabb, thank you very much for joining us. It is time to give away some Santa Lucia pizza, large two-topping pizza, and this has to do with your text messages on your favorite throwdowns, your favorite showdowns. I've put a few in our script here, but probably won't have time to get through all of them, but I do want to read uh, this one from Sean, who says, my favorite throwdown is the conversation between Al Pacino and Robert De Niro in a restaurant in heat, supposedly unscripted, but he, but uh, Sean says, not sure how accurate that is, but that is one of those classic con- confrontations that's just electric when you have two actors like that going mano y mano on the screen. Was oh. that first time for them on screen together? I think it might have been. I'd have to double check that. But yeah, that was a big deal. Yeah, that, 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 and this is one of the reasons why this is a cool conversation because this is giving us ideas and stuff to go back and revisit. Um, also, <laughs> this one made me laugh. Daniel says, there's no better showdown than when Obi-Wan Kenobi says he has the high ground on Anakin. Don't do it, Anakin. I have the high ground. Oh, well, of course, the high ground. Automatic <laughs> victory for, uh, for Obi-Wan Kenobi. <laughs> Against a Jedi with magic powers that can throw things with his mind. But, hey, he's got the high ground. You can't win. Yeah, that's not going to work out very well for you. (laughs) I enjoyed Mike's, too, very real-life quip where he says someone asked what time it is. His instant comeback was time to buy a watch. those, Those are the ones that make you groan. But I'll never forget the first time I had someone say to me when I said something obvious. They're like, oh, thanks, tips. Like, I'm like, it's cold outside. You should put on a toque. Yep, thanks, tips. And I was like, ugh. So rude, but I love it. <laughs> but Greg, uh, let's. What's the winner here? Okay, so here's the recap, courtesy Bleacher Report. During the 1996 Western Conference semifinals, at the time, Blackhawks forward Jeremy Roenick thought he should have been awarded a penalty shot during a triple overtime game, which was won by the Avs. Yeah, it should have been a penalty shot. There's no doubt about it. Um, I like Patrick's quote that he would have stopped me. I just want to know. Just want to know where he was in Game Three. So as uh, legend goes, according to Lynn Zisner of the New York Times, Ronick took a jab at Avs goaltender Patrick Waugh yet again. I like Patrick's quote that he would have stopped me. I just want to know where he was in game three, probably getting his jock out of the rafters. Wow. Well, Patrick Waugh is not going to lay down after that. Here's uh, Patrick Waugh for the win. I can't really hear what Jeremy says because I got my two Stanley Cup rings in my ear. <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty good. Uh, not bad at all. So, Chad, you are the winner uh, on the day after the Stanley Cup being awarded. I thought that would be apropos, uh, not to mention uh, the ability to play Patrick Wadley in the smackdown on JR. A good excuse to do that as well. Santa Claus could be coming to town through a drive through Well, they're trying this in London, Ontario, and I think it's brilliant. We've flipped the script on so many things in the last 8, 9, 10 months. Why not a parade that goes nowhere? 
Here's the headline. Santa Claus is coming to town. drive through plan revives London's 2020 parade. Now, this is not London, England. This is in Ontario. This is a story from Global News. Londoners will be getting a Santa Claus parade this year, but organizers say... It will be a lot different from past years. This year's London Santa Claus Parade will be a drive-through parade where people get the opportunity to drive by all the floats, which will not be moving, allowing everyone to stay physically distanced. And, Loren, if we decide to do this in Winnipeg, one of the bonuses will be you won't have to sit on a curb on Portage Avenue in November. And depending on the year, sometimes that's just a nice night, right? It's enjoyable to sit out there. And if you've got your chair, it's even better. And then, of course, there's been other years, despite the fact that it's held usually mid-November, you know, around the 18th, 19th type thing, it uh, can also be really cold. So, yeah, it might be an option. It might help us through the winter months and COVID social distancing. We did put an ask out to the folks who organize the Santa Claus Parade here in Winnipeg to see if they had any response to whether or not they're looking at changes or waiting to see. Maybe it's too early for them. But of course, we were talking about all these traditions of the holiday season because of the Royal Winnipeg Ballet's cancellation of the Nutcracker uh, in December uh, due to COVID. And then we were talking about Thanksgiving and Halloween and all the different ways we might have to just... uh, get through these traditions that mean a lot to so many of us, Brett. Yeah, just the, yeah, not that Nutcracker thing, for example, the fact that the RWB had to make the, the tough choice to, to cancel that. I've seen it a couple of times, and I think for a lot of people, this is, like, that is part of their annual tradition for that season, right? And the cool thing about Nutcracker, too, is they do, you know, there's always, they do a slight difference it's not the same show every time they do a variation on it or they'll change things up and then they bring in special guests every year like they bring in members of the winnipeg jets or uh winnipeg blue bombers for example get to participate in that and they'll mm-hmm. come in and do a quick little scene uh so it could be fun just from a where, where's waldo perspective if you're sitting in the crowd trying to figure out who the special guests are uh so that the fact that they had to take that out uh like i hadn't even thought about what is going to, what's Christmas going to look like? What is the holiday season going to look like right. during a pandemic? Because we've been we've gone through summer, which has been largely empty other than the stuff that we've come up with on our own. Yeah, no question. You mentioned uh, the the nutcracker Mo Leggett from the Blue Bombers yeah. several years ago, and I know several other of the Blue Bombers. Uh, your favorite jet, Mark Schaifele. Ah, oh, Mark Schaifele. <laughs> As Don Rollerblades, I think Jacob, Jacob Truba, before he left for the Rangers, was involved in that production as well. So yes, it's a it's a great way for uh, people in the community to get involved. And, and Loren, it's one of those times where uh, so many people come back to Winnipeg at Christmas time from other places and in the summertime the ballet is typically touring they'll do a few nights of ballet in the park which is when a lot of people also find their way back to manitoba that live elsewhere now but christmas time is a very popular time for people to come home to winnipeg and on their list of things to do when they come home is to go and see the nutcracker it really is. It's it's bizarre how you might be a person who's never seen actually any other ballet, but will have seen the Nutcracker a few times, or that'll be that might be your kid's first ballet that they ever go to because it is for sure more kid friendly. Even just the music when you hear it makes you think of the holidays. And if you're sitting there thinking, "Oh my gosh, it's September," it seems crazy to be talking about this. Well, this is where we're at right now. There's so many events that that 
get us from now to New Year's and New Year's will be one that we talk about eventually, right? How are we celebrating all these things? And so first up, of course, is Thanksgiving next week. But for me, I think the the hard part as we move into winter is the cold that gets attached with these days. And so the cooler it is, the more you want to be inside anyway. And that's when having people over is so nice and having that warmth and either having them in your home or going out to an event. And so just thinking about how the winter is going to be potentially so very different. It's a lot to wrap your head around. Yeah. I mean, and I, and I don't want to be a downer by, by no. saying this, or even putting it on the radar, but the, the notion of, of everything being canceled through winter is, uh, is depressing. And I think it could be just downright dangerous for some people if they have issues with depression or anxiety or what have you, like golf has kept me sane this summer because it's given me something to do. It's given me a purpose. It's, it's I've made new friends this season. And uh, so if stuff is canceled and I don't have other things to look forward to, I'm going to have to figure something out to keep my, my mind stimulated because I live by myself and it's very, it, I have fallen into deep, dark holes before by my, by myself. Well, I think the interpretation or impression of Winnipeg, Manitoba, the prairies overall is that we hibernate all winter. Well, no, we don't. For the most part, we do embrace winter. Not everyone, of course, there are people who have seasonal affect disorder, something that we're going to talk about in the next couple of weeks on the program as we head towards winter. But there are people who snowmobile, they ski, they skate, uh, their kids' hockey games, their kids' ringette games, they curl. My kids curl. Their curling season is completely up in the air as we speak. Uh, they're already modifying the rules should we get to a situation where we're able to get together. And one of those is that they're only at the present time, they're saying only one parent per participant is going to be able to watch them play. Well, curling for us is a family affair. We'd have eight, nine, 10, 11, 12 people watching our kids curl on a Saturday at Pembina curling club. So this is a, this is a a big deal uh, in terms of how, and I think you said it bang on Brett, how we keep our sanity, how we keep it all together because winter in this part of the world is tough enough. And to have everything taken away from us is going to be really difficult for some people if that's where we end up. The one, I guess, recommendation I would make is if you can tough through going for a walk in the winter, something as simple as going for a 20-minute walk, no matter how cold it is. Actually, the colder it is, those tend to be the sunnier days, right? So if you get that, just that dose of sunshine can make a world of difference. Like I remember the first year I moved into my apartment in 2014, I think I moved in in February, uh, and I did nothing for two months. And then I finally got out and started walking around, and it made a huge difference. So now that we're downtown, and I will be forced to—well, not forced, mm-hmm. but I'm choosing to walk home from from work every day. Mm-hmm. That's we don't gonna... let Brett bring a car. That's the rule. What's Brett's that? Allowed... You're not allowed to drive. That's the rule. <laughs> You're right. forced. Yeah. Everybody else can park. Brett, nope. <laughs> One of our listeners is really in tune with uh, who you are, Brett, and I think this is a great suggestion. Oh, Brett needs to start volunteering at the Winnipeg Humane Society oh. as a dog dog walker. I said I was going to say dog walker uh, or cat cuddler. Great winter hobby. Ah, the cat cuddler. I love cats, but that would have to be very small doses. I didn't know that was a thing, though. You could volunteer for that. 
Yeah, and you know what else you can do if uh, you're into babies? You can volunteer to cuddle the babies at the NICU. That's a hard pass for me. Yeah, I but, know. Uh, I just I, for other people. Why? <laughs> hey, Brett, do you want to hold this baby? It doesn't have fur. No, thank you. Is, is it the baby thing? Is it nervousness or just not just would ba- be interested? Babies just aren't for me. Like when people bring their babies into the office, you know, a lot yeah. of people will sort of swarm. And uh, I just kind of look and go, ah, yeah, it's a baby. But if someone brings in their dog, right. then I become that person. I'll be so, down on the floor. Oh, look at the puppy. So the baby's just dangling there as they hold it out to you. Like, Brett, hold the baby. Yeah. You just have a like a stare off. Yeah, I just sort of Not grab it by the back today. of the, the back You've of his shirt. you got to see the baby. Yeah, You've got to see the baby. The dog walker idea is great, though. That's a perfect idea for me. Then that'll give me a chance to hang out with some pooches and uh, make me happy and hopefully make them happy. And we both get exercise. Great idea. Thank you for that suggestion. I will keep that in mind. Hey, thanks for listening to The Start Podcast. We are available on Apple Podcast, Google Podcast, wherever you find your favorite podcasts. Subscribe now and never miss an episode. And if you like what you hear, rate the show, tell us what you think, and hey, even tell a friend about the podcast. Be sure to follow us on Twitter and Instagram. Greg is at GMACWPG. That's G-M-A-C-K-W-P-G. I am at Brett McGarry, B-R-E-T-T-M-E-G-A-R-R-Y. And Loren on Twitter is at McNab on Global and on Instagram at McNab on CJOB. Talk soon.